Hey, Webheads, I am doing a live stand-up comedy show in Brisbane and Melbourne coming up. You can get tickets for that online. There's only a handful of tickets available because I'm, I'm only doing minimal shows. So if you want to come, please come. I'd love to meet you all, have a beer with you all, and hopefully we can share a few freaking laughs. And also, if you're in Sydney on the 22nd of March, buy tickets right now. They're in the show notes. We're doing a live commentary for... Rocky Four, the subject of our podcast, Finding Drago. It's me, it's you, Cameron, mm-hmm. and the tickets are on sale now. It's at the Golden Age Cinema on Friday, March 22nd. Very limited tickets, so buy them right now. They're in the show notes. They're going to sell out, and we want you there if you're listening to this right now. Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the Total Reboot with Cam and Alexi. Total Reboot, the only podcast on the internet that dares to discuss movies. My name is Cameron James, and I'm sitting perched on a comfortable lounge Mm -hmm. opposite a fellow who sits in an armchair. Yes, I'm quite thoughtful, and my name is Alexi Toliopoulos. It's Armchair Toliopoulos, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Armchair Toliopoulos. I'm an armchair cinephile. You are indeed. I sit in the armchair, and I talk shit about movies. You talk smack, you talk shit, you talk... Absolute trash. And the trash that we talk in particular on this podcast, Cameron James, my mm-hmm. co-host, says all the time, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. we talk about reboots, remakes, and rip-offs, comparing and contrasting them with the original source material films. That's correct. And this week, we're deep in the midst of the Spider-Man saga. Yeah, we've got a little bit of a web series going on, <laughs> if you will, <laughs> where we are talking about the Spider-Man saga. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down just a tickety-two right there, okay, if you will. Okay, What's a web series? So a web series is any any number of films tied together mm-hmm. uh, by being directed by Mark Webb, the director of the, Spy- of the Amazing Spider-Man series. <laughs> so that in itself is called a web series. Okay, so is the film 500 Days of Summer part of this web series? It's a standalone webisode. <laughs> That's a standalone webisode, but the web series that okay. we're talking about this week is The Amazing Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man. Now... Before we dive headfirst into The Amazing Spider-Man, let's recap how we felt Mm -hmm. with the last episode. So the last episode was... Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. Yes. The original. The original and, might I say, still the rest. Are to come. <laughs> I no. I I, I really um. I enjoyed those movies. Rewatching them. Yeah. I found they definitely feel fucking ancient from the first second. They mm. are. I don't feel like they're out of date. I just feel that they are dated. But I really enjoyed that quality to, to them. And you had the most wonderful take, Cameron, that I remember vividly, where you said they were the first times a. Like or the heir to the Ghostbusters throne, yeah. Where we were living in a Ghostbusters Manhattan, yes. and I, 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 that's what my big takeaway, and I love that. Yeah, because uh, before seeing this movie, I didn't realize that every single person who lives on Manhattan 
is Italian by descent or yep. Jewish. Yeah. <laughs> or Jim Norton. <laughs> <laughs> They've all been on Opie and Anthony at yep. least once. Every yep. person on Manhattan. Everyone, <laughs> their brain is just Opie and Anthony. Like, it's not, they're not listening to it. It's just transmitted into their inner monologue. Yeah. you. If you live in New York City, you probably... You eat a, a New York street dog for breakfast and yep. you have a slice of pie for dinner. And in the afternoon, you go home to your fucking house haunted by Slimer. That's that's <laughs> all that's going on. Every New Yorker, when they pass away, they do run the risk of becoming Slimer. They do. They <laughs> it's early, A Slimer can only be born from a true New Yorker passing away from oh, choking a hot dog. I love New York City. I love Slimer culture, which is New York culture. <laughs> But this is a different, uh, this is a completely different New York. This is a different New York. This is the Snapchat generation, New York <laughs> City. This is the millennial Spider-Man. Yeah. This uh, is more like one of the ghosts you'd get from one of those crazy horror movies like The Ring instead of Slimer. Yeah, you, you've you got Samara running around yeah. <laughs> in New York City in this one. You've got Samara, you've got the freaking conjuring going on. This is all part of that world. Now, were you devoed like the rest of us were? Um, and that's short for Devastation. Yeah. Yeah, to be devastationed. <laughs> when Sam Raimi didn't make any more Spider-Mans. I don't know. I think Spider-Man 3 left such a bad taste in the and mouth what was of that the taste? world. The, the taste would not be dissimilar to Slimer's gooey ectoplasmic okay. cum. Which I can imagine tastes pretty revolting. Yeah, it tastes like a blended up pepperoni pizza turned green. <laughs> so that's what it tastes like, and it didn't. It was a taste that was unpleasant to most people, um, because they they did have plans. They were they were planning Spider Man Four, mm-hmm. and they were perhaps even planning Spider Man Five and Six as well. Whoa! Yeah, in a Raimi universe. So Spider Man Four, they were everybody loves Raimi. <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves Raimi. So everyone loves Raimi is the <laughs> the life and times of uh, of Sam Raimi as he was making the Spider Man quadrilogy that yeah. didn't happen. Yeah. So Spider Man Four was to star the villains mm. Vulture, who we would go mm-hmm. on to later see in Homecoming, in mm-hmm. Homecoming, and Felicia. I actually can't remember that villain's name, mm. but it's their version of Catwoman. Okay, cool. Is Felicia the um, character that's in The Amazing Spider-Man 2? Um, played by Felicity Jones. No. Pretty sure it is. It might be. She's called Felicia in that. Maybe that was really? something Really? Can I yeah. ask what her sexual orientation is? <laughs> She's by Felicia. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Set him up and knock him down. <laughs> you got it. Felicia Hardy, the black cat. Okay. Right. The black cat. Felicity Jones does play her in The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Mm. And I think that would be great casting. But who do you think would have played her in the Raimi-verse? Because they, they had a very strong contender. Okay. Um, was it Sarah Michelle Gellar? No. Am I close? Uh, no. Was it Scarlett Johansson? No. Chris. Christina Ricci. I would say it's not Christina Ricci, but you were close with Scarlett Johansson. Think about people that have gone on to star as that exact same character. <laughs> oh, oh, what do you mean? Um, it was Mrs. Princess Dyrus herself, Anne Hathaway. Oh, no kidding. Who would later go on to play the Dark Knight Rises Catwoman. Wow, okay. And Vulture. Famously bald-headed psychopath that uh-huh. can fly. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with their beautifully shark-like Willem Dafoe who can fly. <laughs> but who do you think would have played that? Wallace Shawn. 
Oh my god, kill me. <laughs> kill me with Wallace Shawn's dick. I would love to see that movie. It was in fact John Malkovich. Oh wow, yeah, 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 yeah. That Spider-Man, I want you to catch me in your web. <laughs> so that's that didn't happen. Damn. That didn't happen. So we nearly got a Malky a Malky um vulture. Yeah, we almost got a Malky Vulture, but unfortunately, being John Malky Vulture did not happen. Uh, but what did happen was Sony needed to retain the rights to this largely lucrative property. Okay. So just five years later, in 2012, they rebooted the franchise with a little twist. What's they the want twist? to go from regular Spider-Man to amazing, and they got the only guy that could do it. W E. Double B. W, double B, throw an E in there. Now we got a party. The webhead himself, Mark Webb, the director of 500 Days of Summer. Had you seen 500 Days of Summer? Have I seen it? Yeah, at that time. Yeah, I had seen it. I had too. And I was very excited for this. I will never forget the day that I saw 500 Days of Summer. It was the day I coincidentally lost my virginity. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. It was true. That's so exciting. I could find out the very date. What was <laughs> what was what was more enjoyable? Um, honestly, both were bad. It was on a date where you should not. Have, that's not a good date movie. But you know, it still happens. Yeah. Went so, a, did you see the movie first? Yes. So the whole movie, you're just thinking, I wonder if I'll ever get to sleep with this person. No, not at all. I was just like, God, this movie's about what are we? And I'm like, What are we? Well, got my answer. <laughs> <laughs> You were sexually active. And I, I actually was so excited for this yeah, movie. Yeah, I was excited the first time I made love as well. It uh, feels good. And that ending. The, it really builds to a crescendo. <laughs> and at the end you go, wow, I see what all the fuss is about. I finally get it. Yeah. I, I get, get it. I get what all the hullabaloo has been. <laughs> yeah, it's But that's good why stuff. I've got a personal relationship with the movies. Movies yeah, yeah, you yeah. can chart your whole life by. Oh, God. Yeah, so the first time you make love, you remember the movie you watched after that. I think mine was um, Bewitched, the Will Ferrell version. Really? Yeah. Wow. At the cinema or on DVD? On DVD, which I love. Oh, I'm obsessed with DVDs. Yeah. They are some of the most exciting movies have been translated to DVD. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of the most exciting movies really, they left their mark on DVD culture. Yeah. Yeah, name one. Bewitched, you just yeah. did it. I'll say it again. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really got good. a lot of the great actors in there. Nicole Kidman, Will Ferrell, I reckon Wallace Shawn's in it. Probably French Stewart's got a cameo. Uh, Steve Carell's in Steve it. Steve Carell is in it. Yeah. Really, he's It's funny. official. He's one of the most um, exciting actors in DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> he's been in a lot of DVDs. He has been in a lot of Honestly, DVDs. Honestly, Get Smart only exists as a DVD. Yeah. It is. It has one DVD copy of Get Smart starring him and the Black Cat and Hathaway. And The Rocks. The Rock is in it, yeah. Yeah, awesome. and it's just one DVD that circulates around and it's really gotten out there. Yeah, you can download it. I reckon about 10,000 people have seen it. And it's It's got some good buzz. It's got some good buzz. And um, yeah, good thinking. 99. <laughs> okay, so 500 Days of Summer comes out. Yep. You see it. You 
ceremoniously bust your nut for the first time. <laughs> and it it, it it left an impact on me. I like I really liked Fire Hero Today of Summer and I was like, I can't wait to see what this guy puts on to the Spider Man world. And it doesn't hurt that his name is Mark Webb. <laughs> now, how many times do you reckon that came up in meetings? They're, they would be saying stuff like that. Now, that we can do something with that. Do you reckon there would have been a thing where he goes into the meet? He's about to go into the meeting. He's with like whoever his creative partner is yep. at the time. And they're running over what they're going to say to yep. Sony. Okay, we'll talk about our ideas for the character, yep. our ideas for the universe. And then his partner goes, are you going to do the web thing? And he's like, I don't want to do the, I yeah. don't want to do the web You've got thing. to do the web thing. Mate. Really? You have to. I mean, your name is freaking Mark Webb. Do you think they'll notice? They will. Honestly, it's written up on your freaking okay. name tag. All right. So like, what do I say? I, just at, say? At the end of the presentation, I'll say something like, at the end, I'm what the are you original webhead or something. That now that is I'm actually laughing really hard on the inside about that because that's funny because Spider Man people call him Webhead yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like so that. So if I say, "I, oh, hey, um, am I a Webhead? Hey, that was my nickname in high school. Oh, okay. Because then that's a thinker as well. Because you're like, God, what does he what does he mean, mean by, by that? that? And then I go, my last name. Check it out on this piece of paper in my contract, and you're like. <gasps> Yep, okay, great. This guy also is funny. He can make Spider-Man just as funny as Spider-Man is on the page. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon that shit went down. I reckon that's And they real. commissioned the full web series off him. They're like, we're going to make a full web series on this. Yeah, it's exciting stuff. Um, I was very excited for this film. I remember seeing it. I remember I had an argument. Awesome. I had it. <laughs> I had an argument with a friend, one of my best friends from oh, high school. This yeah. came out a couple of years after high- I finished high school. Uh-huh. And um, you'd well and truly lost your virginity yeah, by this point. That, let me tell you, Five Hundred Days of Summer came out in '09, the year yeah. I finished high school. Sure. So this yeah, is a finished. few years later. So I'd finished multiple times by that point. That's great. Ceremoniously and unceremoniously, if you yeah, will. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, there, I remember my best friend Hugo and I had Shh, big I love arc- that movie. arguments. Yes, my best friend is a Monster Sazy movie. <laughs> 3D, he's 3D. Uh, we uh, we had an argument because he was like, "This is just Twilight. They're just making mm. turning Spider-Man into Twilight." Mm. I was like, "It is far more than that." They got the webhead at the helm, and I was like, <laughs> very excited for it. And then neither of us, I was so I was like, I, we had a huge fight, and then I didn't see the movie. He did, and he loved it. Wow. And I'd never, I didn't see and it two years later. Again. No, we are friends still, but I um, saw Spider-Man, and I actually, I hated it. Yeah, I hated the Amazing right. Spider-Man. What about you? Do you remember seeing it? Never saw it. I only saw it for the first time for really? this podcast. Yeah. Wow. I just had no interest. I think. When did it come out? 2012. 2012. No. See, 2012. Look, I'm doing raw comedy. I'm coming yep. second. You're coming the runner-up of raw comedy 2012. Yep. National finalist. Um, I'm you on can TV. watch it online. I'm thinking. You know what? I'm, the movies are behind me. I'm a stand-up now. Yeah, I live in a live venue. Sure, my stand-up has been recorded and broadcast nationally. Yeah, and which live, I didn't approve of. It can live forever on the web. Not Mark Webb, to be confused with uh, the director. It's not tattooed W-E-1-B. 1-B. Yeah. Single B. Uh, uh, I'm thinking, look, I'm a stand-up now. I'll only, I'm only going to watch stand-up movies. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to watch any real movies. You're going raw, delirious. Yeah, I'm going raw a lot. Yeah. As was I. <laughs> And uh, and then I completely avoided it until this podcast, but I had heard nothing but terrible things about it. Mm. And I guess right now we're about to find out what we both felt. Let's swing through the city of Manhattan right now. Here's a little taste of the world. From the imagination of Mark Webb comes the amazing (laughs) Spider-Man, starring Andrew Garfield. 
We all have secrets. The ones we keep. And the ones that are kept from us. The Amazing Spider-Man 2012, directed by Mark Webb. The untold story begins. Finally, the truth of Spider-Man will come out. This is the J. Jonah Jameson <laughs> version of Spider-Man. This is WikiLeaks. No, this already starts with a lie by saying the untold story begins not five years after the last one came out. Peter Parker is an outcast high schooler abandoned by his parents as a boy, leaving him to be raised by his Uncle Ben and Aunt May. Like most teenagers, Peter is trying to figure out who he is and how he got to be the person he is today, hoping to eventually bust a nut or two one day. (laughs) As Peter discovers a mysterious briefcase that belonged to his father, he begins a quest to understand his parents' disappearance, leading him directly to Oscorp and the lab of Dr. Kurt Connors, his father's former partner. That's too long, that sentence. And that's also the first act of this movie. Mm Mm-hmm. (laughs) As Spider-Man is set on a collision course with Connor's alter ego, the Lizard, Peter will make life-altering choices to use his powers and shape his destiny to become a hero. That's a lot of shit. It's a lot going on there. And there's a lot going on in this movie, which has a runtime of, I believe, two hours and 12 minutes. Yeah. Some say it's still going right now. (laughs) It's never ended. It's never ended. Cameron, what is your immediate reaction to this movie? What did you connect with? What did you disconnect with? I texted you 10 minutes into watching this movie and said, already... Andrew Garfield is a better Peter Parker than Tobey Maguire. That's inter- I think that's interesting because I don't know if I agree necessarily. Mm-hmm. I might agree with the statement that Andrew Garfield is a superior Spider-Man. Yeah, you wrote that back to me and I was furious. Exactly verbatim as to why I said that. <laughs> I would say, I don't know if I agree with this entirely, but... Uh, <laughs> it annoyed me so much. Because you uh, wrote a one-word message and I wrote a 50-word essay <laughs> to say the same thing. But I think... Um, I just think he... Okay, Tobey Maguire's Peter Parker is set in a reality that is heightened, like almost mm. Wes Anderson-y version of New it's York. It's quite broad. Where And it's also kind of like it's the early 2000s, but it's also the 50s or 60s. Yep. Like, it feels like a comic book. It's a, it's a, It feels like it's ripped from the pages mm. of the comic books at the time. It is an adaptation of the original 1960s yeah. Spider-Man. It so like. the version of the nerd that Peter Parker plays mm. in the original trilogy is a, an outdated version of what nerds yeah. are. I think this Peter Parker is not a nerd or a geek or a, like, geni- mm. like a science genius, but he's just this... Um, kid who's probably like too smart for his own good, mm. maybe too sensitive for his own good. Um, he wants to be invisible essentially, but he's also not, he doesn't have self-hate. Mm. He's just like someone who's like, well, I'm different to everyone. I'm just going to do my own thing. He I, is and I the kind point... of, I see it because I feel like I went to school with those yeah. guys and they're like, they're normal, nice people. But they're not. Uh, they're not like. Oh, excuse me. They're not like Sheldon. Yeah. Like bumbling around with God, fucking. I would love pens that. in their top pocket <laughs> yeah, and yeah, shit. Like exactly. That. He's not the kind of nerd that is worrisome. Yeah. He's just a cool kid. I mean, 2012. This is the same year that the Avengers, the first Marvel MCU team up movie, came out. Right. So yeah. we are well and truly in the point where the geek has inherited the earth. True. And I think that, you now know... Now, that's a fun spin on the meek will inherit the earth from the Bible. I've never heard that. 
You should come to Mass sometime. Okay, Boston, Massachusetts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, You should come to Boston, class. Mass sometimes and also come to church with me when you're there. Yeah, it sounds good. I think they've got some great stuff there. <laughs> I'd love to learn some more. But I think that's the update that I was excited about. Because yeah. I was excited for these. I was like, I, you know, I actually, you know, we started this podcast. One of the reasons is I find the idea of reboots appealing. Like, I think I, there's something in me that is that text in time thing where mm-hmm. when a new generation puts their stamp on a classic character yeah. or classic text, that I'm excited by. And I think Spider-Man, I was due for the update. I, mm. I, I mean, it's only five years. It's the shortest time, time gap of anything we've covered and maybe anything we will, ever really will cover. Till that dark universe reboot happens in the next <laughs> few months, but I, you know, I was interested in, it, and especially when the rumors started coming around where Donald Glover was someone who was maybe not in contention, but was really gunning. There for was this a lot role. of fan hype for him. Um, it would have been a more enjoyable movie, probably mm. for me, if it was Donald Glover. Because we are putting a stamp on it. Then, if we yeah, are you're saying he is he is the 2012 Spider-Man. This yep. is a modern Spider-Man, whereas. You know, while Andrew Garfield plays a different Peter Parker, it's still a spin on the same thing. Like, white, smart mm. kid who, um, I don't know, gets to be fucking a hero. <laughs> and it, <laughs> does, it kind of doesn't make sense because, you know, if this was an English story, class would make sense for the division that Spider-Man is because he's mm. working class. Mm. And that makes sense. But in America, it's class is different to race. And I yeah. think that would be the way they could have updated the story. It inspired what would become Miles Morales, which is the current one of the current day Spider-Man and the character that is in the current Spider-Man film out in cinemas now. That just won a freaking Oscar, baby. So I'm uh, I'm very immediately into this character and this portrayal of the character, but as the first movie goes on and then as The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Rise of Electro goes on, I become less and less sure of who this character even is. Mm. Like Peter Parker is too many things in this. Yeah. He's the grieving... He's grieving his uncle, right? He's grieving his parents He's grieving still. his parents who are still maybe alive. Yeah. We don't know. He's like a detective because he's trying to find out what happened to them. Mm-hmm. He's a genius at school, but he's also a slacker who skates. Yeah. He is stands up for kids that get bullied, but he's also incredibly scared of the bully Flash. Mm. He is in love with Gwen Stacy... It seems like he should be pining for her and she's out of reach, but he has instant sexual chemistry with her. Out of control. Like where she wants to bang him like within seconds of talking yeah. to him before he's even Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, then he's Spider-Man. He's a science genius and he fucking freelances taking photos for the Daily Planet or whatever it is, the Daily yeah, Bugle. Daily Bugle. He's got two he's got his fingers in too many pies. Yeah, and I, I that's what it is about this movie, is like what is the stamp on this character? Yeah. Because what is the difference? It's just a slight generational difference between the Toby Maguire. Pretty much. It's he's, ten he years later. He gets a five minute skateboard montage. Where he's like doing sick vert mm. stuff in a completely non-existent uh, location yeah. that would never be real. Yeah, like it it's like out of be... Tony Hawk. Exactly, and it's like I think what they they're trying to do is just it's just here we go again. Because yeah. all they've done is assemble the perfect cast for a traditional Spider-Man it, film. Yeah, it's a pretty great cast. That's if I can give one pra- bit of praise to this movie is. The cast are great. They're all very good actors. And also Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's chemistry is 
really great. Mm. I think they're wonderful as a couple, so much so that I actually didn't know they were a real couple. Really? I watched both these movies thinking, what wonderful actors that they could portray such love and romance and sexual fire. I mean, this is like Lady Gaga and Bradley Cooper. Wonderful actors. And then... um, and then I found out after the fact that they were dating for like six years. Yeah, or they fell in love during the making and of these I was movies. Like, Ugh, fuck. Okay, so you just can't fake it. But it is that thing where you can't fake it because you know when I think back of all the movies reviewed together, the only other chemistry that I think is as electric as this mm. would definitely be way back in the day when we did My Brilliant Career, the Australian mm. movie, mm. where Sam Neill and Judy Davis fall in love yeah. and there's a scene where they start rolling around in the grass together and I'm just like I remember we both were like we wish that we saw them fuck immediately <laughs> in that scene. and with this you feel the same thing it yeah. feels like that kind of like that uh, that really electro fine chemistry <laughs> between like two teenagers at school that had yeah. just seen uh, 500 Days of Summer or something you know <laughs> I mean yeah for sure one thing it got very well is that in high school when you have a crush on someone or romance a romantic attraction to someone mm. it's very rarely sweet pure and wholesome in the mm. way that toby Maguire and kirsten dunst's love was like, yeah their love is portrayed as like this romance for the ages where mm. they're like they've been pining for each other and they need each other this is this literally plays like they won't be a couple in two years yeah they are just gonna fuck a lot for now because yeah. they're like really attracted to each yeah. other um, that bit where he tells her that he's Spider-Man and he like shoots his web at her and drags her closer to him and yeah. they kiss and then he jumps off the building to go do some bullshit yeah. and she like watches him swing off and goes, oh boy, I'm in trouble. I was like, that's what being a that's teenager good. is, yeah. is this watching, like kissing someone and then their parents pick them up or whatever mm. and you're like, fucking hell, I'm not going to stop thinking about her for... I don't know. Like I think it captures months. some of that, but do you think it actually captures what it was like to be a teenager around this time? Well, I never got to swing from skyscrapers. I wish I was a teenage swinger. Let me tell you, <laughs> honey, that would be the exciting. I don't, I don't stuff. know. I think it's more realistic than the the original mm, trilogy, yes. but it's still like a movie version of high school. It, the the moment that I really like the most is in. The, in all two of these films, the whole web series. All two, and it feels like four. It feels like a lot. It, mm. Honestly, we I can't wait till we actually go deep into two a little bit more because it is an insane movie. But while we're still on this first one, there's this one scene where Peter is telling off Flash. Yeah. Where he's just like, leave him alone, Flash. And yeah. the way he doesn't make eye contact with Flash. That was great performance. I think that's... That's fabulous acting. He also starts by not having a go at Flash. He's just telling the kid who's yeah. being bullied that it's okay. Yeah. He's like, hey, hey, it's fine. Just don't do not do what he says. Don't do what he yeah. says. Then he starts talking to Flash. Then he calls Flash Eugene. Yeah. And that's the thing that makes Flash want to fight yeah. him. And there's like, it's it's It scary. felt like real high school. Like it watching felt- that, watching everyone crowd around to watch a bully felt like real high school. Yeah. I think that's the best scene in these whole two movies. And it's not about Spider-Man. It's yeah. not about anything. Yeah. And the... I honestly, this is my take for this: is that Flash and Peter have some out of control chemistry in this yeah, movie as well. Yeah, for sure. There is like all of that stuff is kind of like quite a bit, but at the end of the first film, Flash gives Peter a hug around the shoulders from behind. Yeah, they're like really good buddies now somehow. But the way that he hugs him oh, is yeah. fucking hot. Like, it, it, honestly, it did something for me. I was like, because I, I had no idea what was going to happen. I was like, yeah. oh, this is like some kind of horny teen thing where he, like, 
I think Flash fell in love with Peter. Yeah. And then at the end, he goes, he's wearing a Spider-Man shirt. He goes, yeah, he's pretty cool. I'm like, this is Love Simon. This is Love Simon (laughs) shit going on right now. Which I think would have been a better thing if the movie had gone that way. Yeah. If he starts fucking Flash. If he started slinging some different webs. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What about the supporting cast? Aunt May, perfect Sally Field. Yeah, she's great. I can't fault her, but also she doesn't really get to do anything. And according to her, this was a really... Bit of yep. a nothing experience. For and it's her. not you can't. It's not a new take on the character to no. cast Sally Field. Also, freaking um, Martin Sheen. Yeah, perfect once perfect again. Perfect Ben, but also doesn't get to do anything. And it's not a new take on the character. No. It's just casting like who's the best old man. Yeah. that um could tell could say this line. Honestly, this the <laughs> so the message of the original Spider Man trilogy. It could not be more beautiful and more clear. It is. With great power comes great responsibility. So simple. So simple. I wrote down the actual message as delivered by Uncle Ben in uh-huh. this film. Yeah, this made me laugh so much. You're a lot like your father. You really are, Peter, and that's a good thing. But your father lived by a philosophy, a principle, really. He believed that, that if you could do good things for other people, you had a moral obligation to do those things. That's what's at stake here. Not choice, responsibility. Which I think perfectly sums up the difference between those films. Yeah. The first trilogy or first film, such a clean movie. Mm-hmm. Clean, clean moral takeaway from the film. It's a clean message. Whereas this is muddy as fuck. It's like they've gone to extreme pains to not say, with great power comes great responsibility. How can you say it? Put it in for source. Put, the exactly. It feels like the way I wrote essays. <laughs> In high school <laughs> and uni, like yeah. just me taking things other people have said and finding thesaurus words, different words. For yeah, it. it's um that really made me laugh so much. And yes. you're right, that is the that sums up this movie is that they're trying to tell the exact same story, but just changing tiny little things mm. about it, and to the to the point where it's it is still plagiarism. Yeah. It feels like plagiarism. It does feel like plagiarism. Like you could, if these two sets of movies were essays. You would get kicked out of your uh, degree. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you would have. You, you would have get it. done. Yeah. You get Shia beef, dude. When he wrote that freaking <laughs> short film based on a Daniel Close thing that was yeah, identical, you'd absolutely get LaBeef. Maybe it's... let's talk about the differences. There are some. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the villain's different. The villain's different. Let's start there. You're one of your favorite actors. Yeah, Reese Farns, wonderful actor from Notting Hill and Danny Deckchair. Notting Hill, mainly, mainly from Danny Deckchair. <laughs> Notting Hill, one of the Harry Potters. Yeah, he plays the boat that rocked. Yeah, he and let me say this boat rocks in this movie. He's so good. I love seeing him cast as a villain. I feel the way you felt about Alfred Molina. Like I'm yep. like I'm looking at someone who I know primarily as a character actor, yep. and now they get given a chance to be the villain to stretch his arms, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the 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 villain itself sucks. Like yep. who cares? It's just. The same thing happening in every Spider-Man movie, which is someone who's a genius gets corrupted by their own um, desire for, yep. I don't know, progress or to be have leave a mark in the field of science. Yeah. They become bad, and then in the last moments, they see they're inspired by the good in Peter Parker, and they yeah. um, they do something good. Yeah, in it's their exactly last Alfred Molina. But what do you think he brings to this performance? Um. Well, he brings uh, a he certain brings je ne sais quoi, if you will. That fucked arm. <laughs> yeah, it, it's a, it's like the when his arm grows back it has to be one of the. F- 
it's as disgusting as the worst stuff in Spider-Man 1, 2, 3. Oh, my God. It's so gross. Also, when it looks the... like that translucent gummy bear. Oh, oh yuck. God. And then the just the character design of him as the lizard looks like um, the Goombas from the Super Mario Brothers <laughs> movie. Exactly. It's just this perfectly round head with no nose yeah. and a big smile. He looks like Toad the Goomba. And then there's he looks like Toad the Goomba. Stupid, stupid raptor tail. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. The worst character design. Can I, I say, it. give the cunt a snout? Give him a snout, for Give him sake. a freaking snout. Instead of this weird Voldemort-like no-nose situation yes. he's got going on. It's disgusting. Where does his nose go when he transforms? <laughs> Where does everything go? He also had no dick when he was lizard. I know. Show me his snout. Give me that snout. <laughs> He gets full Ken dolls down there. It was disgusting. I hated it. Um, and he, I feel like Reese Farns, the actor, was in this movie for very minimal time. Mm, yeah. He had a few scenes as Kurt Connors, and then the rest of it was this CGI thing that I assume he did mocap for. Yeah, and it's such an odd... It's a not a choice. Once again, it's not a choice mm. because what they have done is like, oh, how can we make this a father figure for people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where that is not the right direction to be taking this reboot. It's not, you're not putting no. a take on it. It's just like, let's give Green Goggler part two, basically, yeah. but make him fully green. <laughs> <laughs> and just like it, the whole thing, he's tied to Peter's dad. By the way, his dad's name is Richard Parker. Yeah. The, sec- the second most popular Richard Parker of 2012. The first one being the tiger from the life of Pi. <laughs> That's the tiger's <laughs> name. But it's like, it's like, uh, it's it's not a choice. There's so many things in this film that it's just wrong because it's not a choice. Is They're not making choices. The biggest choice, getting Dennis Leary to play Gwen Stacy's oh dad. Oh my God. And let me tell you. Um, I sat up when I realized the asshole himself yeah. was in this movie, playing a freaking cop, no less. Yeah. I mean, we've seen him play a fiery and rescue me. Yeah, exactly. We know that he can put out a fire. We know this can... guy knows a thing or two about ladders and hooks, <laughs> but does he know anything about a baton and a fucking badge? Yeah, does a bit he... of tin on his chest. Can he cuff someone up? Yeah, and it turns out. Yes, he can. Can but this guy turn the body cam off and go <laughs> I was, wild? I was excited to see Dennis Leary in this As movie. As was I. That's how crazy, this boring this movie was, that when yeah. Dennis Leary is on the screen, I'm like, oh, wow, weird choice. What a weird choice to cast a white comedian in an <laughs> action role or something. But he also um, didn't really do anything in this yeah. movie. He, like, had fuck all to do. Is he? Are they the only two antagonists? There's uh, the lizard and Gwen Stacy's dad. Flash. Flash a little bit. Yeah. You know who the biggest villain in this movie is? Spider-Man himself. <gasps> the First of all, it takes an hour for him to even become Spider-Man. Yeah. Infuriating. Yeah. What makes anyone think that Peter Parker is the interesting part of this mm. story? And just it's a just thing, let him become Spidey in 20 minutes. Like the original, they, they snapped his Spidey so yeah. fast in that original. But in this one as well, I like in the... In, in the Tobey Maguire ones, you see why why he needs Spider-Man. Mm. I don't see why he needs to put no, the suit on. Fully. I don't see why he wants to be but Spider-Man. He, he sort of becomes a um, a movie monster when he puts the mask on at first mm. and this. Because he's, he's purely driven by revenge. He's looking for his Joe Chill, essentially. Yep. essentially. He's trying to track down the guy that killed Ben Parker. And rather than just find that guy straight away, as happens in the Raimi version... Mm. It takes half an hour. It's half an hour of him just hunting down different petty criminals in New York City yep. and torturing them, essentially. Like, sticking it's them Batman. to walls, bashing them up, 
threatening to kill them. So it is really, I assume, six months of Spider-Man being a villain in mm. New York City. Like, just going around fucking hurting people. He's just angry. He's and just it's really angry. scary that they even film him from these weird canted angles and the way he walks towards the camera when he's talking to the people he's torturing is like, I'm watching Donnie Darko. Like, it's just these crazy mm. reflective eyes that are all black. And it's, yeah, it was scary shit. It's a dark night. It's really the yeah, dark night. Which is it... maybe not the right choice for no. this character who's supposed to be funny and fun. And, and light. And mm. for kids. Spider-Man is for kids. That's why they fought so hard to keep this properties because he's the most recognizable figure in popular culture this side of michael mouse like he doesn't like what that's what he is he's yeah. just this recognizable pop culture icon it's him mickey mouse superman and wallace sean that's the, those are the big four <laughs> hey and ray romano everybody loves ray Ramey. everybody loves ray Ramey. Let's get on to The Amazing Spider-Man 2 because we both watched both of these movies. Yeah. Oh, so, hey, first of all, Dennis Leary dies at the end of the first one. Yeah. Sorry, spoilers. Rest in peace to Dennis Leary. You were an asshole. The asshole himself. You were an asshole. You were an asshole and a hero. Oh, yo, yo, yo. So he passes away. That's kind of the only big loss we get. Mm. Oh, Kurt Connors dies as well, right? Kurt Connors dies as well. Also, Uncle Ben Uncle dies. Ben. So there's a few deaths, but nothing... Nothing crazy. Mm. Um, Uncle Ben does die a hero. I can't I, even remember how he dies. Um, there's a robbery in progress at a 7-Eleven-y, and then um, Peter Parker like doesn't have enough money to buy oh, yeah, milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can't buy milk from there. And he's like, he's just like 10 cents fucking... He's like an asshole and entitled. He yeah. learned a little bit from Dennis Leary's yeah. music Was that Big J? Because it was someone. It was it's another, someone like that. I don't comedian. think it was Big J, but it's like a you know recognizable, schlubby, you yeah, know, um, Jorge Garcia type <laughs> character. Actor. Yeah. yeah. Um, Hurley-esque, if you will. <laughs> and then uh, the, the guy guy robs him and he gets out and like he's like get that guy and then spider-man does nothing or peter parker does nothing uh because he's not spider-man he says hey that's not my policy yeah it's not my policy so hey not my problem let's the guy get away and then uncle ben chases after him oh it was that's what happened yeah uncle ben you get to see fucking jed bartlett himself exactly i love seeing him move yeah uh just what a pity that he was wasted here. Yeah, I know. What a great actor. He's a great actor. And just, he is the perfect Uncle Ben because yeah. he's such like that American he's Catholic, the that like, you know, that yeah. that archetype. He's the president. He he represents America. With a moral obligation. And I think it's very c- great casting to have him here. You know, I think of stuff like The Departed where mm. he, he just is like, and obviously the president mm. in... West Wing. Great. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Okay, the movie the movie ends with not much tragedy. It's just we've seen a few deaths. Mm-hmm. Spider-Man's embraced that he's a hero and he's going to swing out into that bold New York skyline and keep the streets safe. Yeah. Cut to The Amazing Spider-Man 2, The Rise of Electro. And who is the titular Electro rising. Can I just back off one second? You said the word titular, and I immediately started thinking about something completely yeah. different. What were you thinking about? Well, I don't know if you're familiar, but when I was younger, I used to um, there used to be these movies on late at night, yeah. 
on like um, cable or Foxtel or whatever yep. you'd have. Scrambled channels. Yeah, scrambled channels. You you use a code to get in, and there was a, a you'd film be series. in there. You've got your gym sock ready, yeah, and stuff like that. Your a... parents are milling around outside. Yeah, the they're door. downstairs in the kitchen or whatever. I'm like trying Baking to keep a pie or keep some it shit. quiet in yeah. my room, and I'd put on this these movies called Titular, which mm. was a I guess an adult film about um. A vampire, kind of like Dracula, but she was female and she had big breasts. Yes. I do not mean titular. When I say titular, I do not refer to the classic film series, titular, titular returns, suck the tits of titular. (laughs) Any of the classic titular films. Because that's all I could think of. Yeah, the titular titular. Where you have to kill her by driving a a stake through her, um, what is it? Her vagina. Yeah, yeah. Her blood, her vagina. It's not that. Oh no, it was a dick through the heart. Yeah, it was. <laughs> either works. Yeah, yeah both yeah. work. Yeah, both are fun to watch. Yeah, it, they do a few each time. It's either you get a wooden penis, put it in her vagina, yeah. and she does die and has a great time. She has a great time doing while it while going out, or you titty fucker. Yeah, <laughs> There's the yeah, two ways yeah. to kill her. Yeah, but I'm so not is that what you were referring? That. To? No, I'm talking about the titular character, as in the title character. Oh, the as in the. Title character the title from Rise of, Rise of Electro. Now that character is called Electro. Yeah, Jamie Fox plays mm, him, and she's wonderful. X. <laughs> oh, by the way, I usually think us talking about the titular character from the Rise of Electro on episode of Mike Tech is the birth of the titular joke. I think we just came full circle. <laughs> I think it might be. I think it's for the Baby Driver. The episode of Mike Tech called that one scene from Baby Driver, <laughs> oh, yeah. where we talked about Jamie Fox wow. and the titular character from. Uh, Rise of Electra, and that's where we came up with the titular riff. Yeah, does that mean I, we have to stop doing it now? I think that's it. You're gonna hear dead air for the rest of this episode. I think we're not allowed to make any more titular jokes ever again. We've that's it. We've retired the bit. Okay, it's hanging up. Wow. It's one of the gr- so sad. One of the great bits of Australian comedy was just retired. Yeah, it was so good that we got fan art of titular. We got. We're gonna chuck the fan up for this episode and just say. Rest in peace to one of the great Rest legends, Titular. Rest in peace, Titular. May she be fucking from beyond the grave forever. Rest in pieces. Rest in power, Titular. <laughs> but we're moving on now. We're talking about the rise of Electro. It's Amazing Spider-Man 2, 2014 or whatever. Yeah. This- Jamie Foxx. Um, playing Jim Carrey's The Riddler as The Rise of Electro. <laughs> so he plays Electro, some loser guy who is like a janitor, or I actually have no idea what he, he is. He like works maintenance for Oscorp, and yep. BJ Novak is his boss. Yeah, BJ Novak There's is so one of the great villains. There's so much going on in this There's fucking so movie. so many villains in this movie. Yeah, everyone's a fucking arch nemesis of somebody. They so. just like cast every character. Yeah. This it- feels like two movies or three movies shoved together. Okay, so The Rise of Electro is a nerd called Max who runs maintenance mm-hmm. at Oscorp. Yep. BJ Novak's his boss and he's like, hey, Max. Stay late. You got to stay late and fix the electrodes. I know it's your birthday, bitch, but you're staying late. You got to go down to Electro Lab and fix the electrodes. Okay, yeah. Electro? Okay, touch the Electro stuff. Okay. <laughs> okay. Make sure the Electro current is going through. If I through. come in tomorrow morning and you haven't touched any electrodes, you're in big trouble. Yeah, I'm going to leave a freaking electronic eel down there. You're going to have to swallow it up. Okay. Yeah. If I find the eel there tomorrow, you're going to be you. Okay? You're absolutely dead, Electro. Okay. Yeah. Happy okay. birthday, by the way. Happy birthday, bitch. I'll see you at the club. And Max is obsessed with Spider Man. Yep. He's like loves Spider-Man because Spider-Man saved him once. He idolizes Spider-Man. Anyway, I love. I actually love that scene where Spider-Man saves him, and you see Andrew Garfield fully Spider-Man mode, fully spidered up. He's fully spidered up, and the way that he's like, he's like, "You're my, you're my eyes on the street, Spider-Man." Hey, I mean Electro, Electro. Yeah, Max. that's my. That's where I think this movie shines is that Garfield Spider-Man is great with people. Yeah, 
He's really good with the little kids. He's a people person. Everyone he saves, he talks to a bit and gives them a little bit of his personality. Yeah. Reminds me of me when I'm walking the streets. You are, you imprint a bit of yourself on every and, person out there. And as a result, my personal relationships are suffering. Yes. Your, <laughs> your Gwen Stacy back at home is pissed off. Because I'm everything. giving too much of myself to other people. Yeah. So he's doing that. He, he saves, is the comedian Spider-Man. He is. He saves, saves Max. He leaves him. He leaves saves an impression him from on one him. of our blah, other blah, favorite blah. actors, Paul Giamatti as Alexi Rhino. Jesus Honestly, Christ. what a shock in my life to see Paul Giamatti play character for my name. Do not like it. We've gone on the record for years now saying Paul Giamatti is one of the worst actors. Well, you have. I quite like You him. agreed. You've yeah, agreed. I was on the bo- record, you've uh, agreed. Uh, yeah, but I've come back around. Me too. I've come back around. I actually liked him in that movie with Catherine Hahn from this year. Yeah, he's Check good. it out on Netflix. So, okay. Don't know the name of the movie. Search Paul Giamatti, <laughs> Catherine Hahn on Netflix. You'll find so, it. Great movie. Shut up. Let's focus on what's happening. Yep. Electro. He loves Spider-Man. He works for Oscorp. He gets sent down to the lab late one night. Yeah, he was working in the lab late one night yeah. on his birthday. And his eyes beheld a crazy sight. He saw something was unplugged. He plugs it in. Shock and awe. He gets electrocuted. Falls into a pit of eels. They go inside his ass and mouth. <laughs> <laughs> he gets the full titular treatment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he gets a little titular treatment. Lo that's behold, why he is the titular character. One last run. That's it. A little glory lap with the retirement. He gets to um, become Electro. That's yep. the prize of being electrocuted. Yep. Is the, the eels go, hey, guess what? You're actually going to be Electro now. Yeah, congratulations. You've been Electro. <laughs> it's not all bad. You're Electro. Yeah, you, got, you become a hero. And then he <laughs> becomes Blue Double Deed. And he just like he's wandering New York as a blue guy. And, and he doesn't know what's going on. He's freaking out. He's like, I don't know where my two brothers are. The blue man group. <laughs> All he knows is that um, he feels good by being near electricity. So if you're in New York City and you were drawn to power. Oh, yes, yes, Where yes. would you go? I would go to the center of the city, Times Square. And that's exactly where he goes. Go to Times Square. Catch a show. Yep. Get rush ticks. Yep. To Hamilton, if you can get it. Get freaking scanned into going into an improv show by some chubby dude. <laughs> yeah, go to Caroline's. Watch a bunch of people that aren't funny. 2014, you're seeing some of the greats. You're seeing Jim Norton <laughs> at the height of his powers. Big Jay Okerson. Big Jay Okerson. All you're the guys see from so many Anthony. You're going to be seeing so many funny dudes. You're yeah. going to see probably like, you know, Dennis Leary. Yeah, yeah. Brad Garrett. Oh yeah. my God. They all got TV contracts, so they're popping in, doing yeah, spots. Yeah, they're yeah. filming in New York City. You go he goes to Times Square. He's freaking out. Too many lights. It's making him feel good. Yeah. He starts accidentally electrocuting people. Yeah. This is what I like about the character. Yes. He doesn't become evil purely by getting electrocuted and becoming electrode. He becomes evil because it's an accident. He's just a harmless nerd who's trying to do good, mm. accidentally hurting people. The cops start lashing out mm-hmm. and he gets angry yep. and then he's bad. That's what I like about this character. And I love it when his relationship with Spider-Man in this scene comes back mm. and we get that wonderful flip on him. We see Spider-Man going, oh, I remember you, you're Max, Max. Yeah. And fucking up the interaction because how is he going to remember him? Max is a weird nerd. This guy's a blue boy. Yeah. And then he's like little boy blue over here and he's getting freaking... And then the cameras go on him and Electro sees himself on the cameras. He sees himself on every scene. He sees himself scene. projected on all around Times Square and for the first time in his life, he's being seen. He's being made public and 
this awakens something in him. He wants his 15 He's like, this is actually fame. feels good. I quite like the way this feels. I'm going to fight Spider-Man now, yeah. if it, as long as that means I'm still going to be seen. Yep. And then he sees that Spider-Man is mocking him. Spider-Man's treating him as the villain. He can't help it. He Spider-Man's funny. He can't help it. When you see a riffer coming, yeah. you cannot let I that get it. slip I get away. It. It's like when you're doing crab work yes. and you, you talk to some guy and he fumbles over his words and you make fun of it because you know you're going to get a laugh. You see a mark in the audience. You're yeah, going to have you to go on this idiot. You're going to cop this. You're, gonna, you're getting it. You're, you're wearing a Hawaiian shirt in the front row you, and you just ordered an espresso martini. Oh, oh. Huge mistake. You're blue. <laughs> you're a blue man with translucent skin. Standing in the middle of Times Square. Yeah, you're going to get zapped. You're absolutely going to get zinged by me. I'm Spider-Man, FYI. One of the world's funniest comedians. <laughs> um, and then I actually love that that transformation to the villain. Love it. That's, love it. I was watching that movie and going, I feel like I'm watching a sh- uh, Joel Schumacher Batman. Mm. Um, just made with modern technology, like yeah. DVD technology. They've got full-on like DVD verging on Blu-ray technology <laughs> making this movie, which is next-level stuff. Yeah, so it's, like, exciting. I'm, like, having fun with the campiness yeah. of it. Um, and, and then it By plummets. this point, we're about an hour into the movie. Yeah, it's long. And then I'm thinking, surely we're, we're gearing up towards a big showdown with Electro, mm. with the rise of Electro. But We've seen his rise. Kidding. Just, just kidding, guys. There's yeah. actually another hour and a half to go. We've got a whole other villain to introduce now. <laughs> Who we haven't re- met yet We're reintroducing... All the plot threads in this movie are absolutely in fucking sane. <laughs> We've got to meet Harry Osborn, the Hobgoblin. Takes a fucking hour to meet him. Yeah, and he's the... You know, he's the he's Valerian himself, Mr. Dane DeHaan. Dane DeHaan, the least charismatic... Um, Scary-looking dude ever. Yeah. Whereas James Franco exudes warmth on screen, and when you look at him, you think, this guy couldn't possibly turn out to be a villain. Dane DeHaan walks on screen, mm. you think, this guy's never been kind in his life. Yeah. Dane DeHaan, does he also play James Dean in a movie? Uh, uh He could. That's I the only I think he has played James Dean in a movie as well. Right, right, right. Yeah, he plays James Dean against Robert Pattinson in a movie called Life. Cool. I will never see that. Never watch it. So he becomes the <laughs> Hobgobbler. Um, his dad is Chris Cooper. Another perfect casting. Yeah, another wasted. incredible actor who is in a five-minute scene. And he becomes a full-on goblin. Like, he actually yeah. has goblin disease. <laughs> who he's does? Go- the Chris Cooper. Oh, he's Chris got Cooper goblin is disease. turning into a goblin. Before your very eyes. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's <got> tragically, <laughs> tragically, he has got goblin disease. <laughs> he's got goblinitis, and his fingers are turning into, like, little... Italian biscottis with little almonds on it's the end. Sickening. It's def- it's foul. It's disgusting. It makes. And he upset. says to he says to Harry, "Hey, guess what? Goblin disease is in our blood. You're gonna get. You're goblins. gonna get it. I started to get it when I was your age. You gotta find a cure for um the goblin disease that yeah. we have. <laughs> yeah, and I, I tragically, I've been, I've I've been working, working on, on some it. spiders that might have this yeah. in it. Blah 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 blah. They're all around New York City these days, dead. except yeah, yeah, yeah. for one and yada yada yada. Anyway, and this movie is all about blood, by the way. This yeah, is a blood yeah, yeah. movie. It's awesome. It's my favorite blood movie since The Godfather. Yeah, which is blood is thicker than water. <laughs> so, so Harry Gobbler, he has to um he becomes friends with Peter Parker again. 
blah blah blah. They reconnect and For like some, apparently how do these they guys buddies. Yeah. Well, they know each other because their dads work together. At least they explain it this time. That's true. It's not like Fran Fine must have known these guys as well. Yeah, yeah. Beautician yeah. and the Beast style <laughs> because that's the modern update. <laughs> but it's like no, their dads was Chris Cooper and Richard Parker used to work. They together worked together as scientists in the late central. in the lab late one night yeah. and many many nights. <laughs> they used to work together. Anyway, Harry eventually figures out that Spider-Man has his powers because he got bitten by one of those yep. spiders. And he has the perfect blood to accept it. And so that must mean that Spider-Man's blood will help cure Harry's goblin disease. Yes. So Harry's whole motivation for becoming evil is not revenge-driven like in the Raimi trilogy, but because he wants Spider-Man's blood yep. in order to cure his own goblin He wants disease. some of that spidey DNA. So... Already, this guy is a terrible, horrible yep. villain because at least James Franco's one was motivated by revenge, whereas this one is purely selfish. Yes. And it is, it's It's not, uh, it's just crazy because there's so much more in this movie to discuss. It kind of starts to introduce Harry as the leader and proprietor of the Sinister, Sinister Six. Six. Harry, who, by the way, when he injects himself with goblin um, juice... Yeah, when he injects himself with Peter's blood, he does a blood tra- a self-imposed blood transfusion. Mm. He um, immediately turns goblin-esque. Because why? I can't even remember why that was. He well, just His blood reacted badly to it, it or some mix. shit. Because Peter's blood, it's not Peter... Uh, it's only meant to work with Peter's blood because Richard Parker was only doing stuff on him. Like yeah. that, that sort of stuff. And he turns into blah, blah, a blah. There's so much going on. So yeah, Dane DeHaan injects himself with it, turns into an actual goblin. Like imagine imagine an orc from Lord of the Rings. You're halfway there. You're halfway there. Chuck a freaking cyber suit on him. Yeah. You're fully there. Make his hair look like uh, like a wig that would be seen in like, I don't know, Troll 2 or something You can like see that. his scalp. Yeah, you can see it's his like his hair goes that. from like swept over his eyes, normal young boy head, okay. to pointed up into the sky. Troll cut doll, off, cut off Bernie troll Sanders, doll. cut off Bernie Sanders' scalp, chuck it on him, and then put a little and bit then of troll doll. It. Yeah, troll doll it up. It's bizarre. It is bizarre. It his looks ears go pointy, and he gets an acting transfusion from the freaking monkeys from uh, yeah. the Wizard of Oz. He's all hunched over. Yeah. He is a proper goblin now. He literally says, "Fly, fly, my pretties." He doesn't. But he could. He should. He could. And, uh, you know, he's now, like, cackling all the time. His mouth has been jokerized and turned into a smile. Uh, He got fully jokerized. (laughs) What else is in this movie is the introduction of the Sinister Six. What else is in this movie is we once again waken the mystery of um, Peter's parents. The movie begins in media res. We see we're on a plane. The plane is plummeting. Richard Parker and his wife, who I think is Miss Honey from from Matilda. She's also in Mad Men. Yeah, so it's like a fight scene and then... And then Peter they're is spies, like trying to they're spies, they're, they're espionages, and then Peter's trying to unlock the history of his family. And he's trying to find out about his his mum and his dad. There is hints that his dad could still be alive out there. Insane. Why would this be in the movie? What was cut out of this movie was the introduction of Mary Jane Watson, mm. played by Shailene Woodley. She filmed scenes, they cut it out, didn't make it into the final cut of the movie. This movie was so overstuffed with trying to set up. It, it we're at the this point where everyone is playing catch up with Marvel. Yeah. Including Sony right now, especially they're trying to launch the Avengers coming out this very same mm. year with one film, basically. They're like, okay, Sinister Six spin-off. They commissioned Drew Goddard from Bad Times of the El Royale and um, Cabin 
in the woods yeah, to make and a sinister... Cloverfield? Didn't he write Cloverfield? I think he did a lot of stuff like that. He yeah, was in the Cloverfield yeah. universe. He's a JJ boy. Yeah, he's, he's a Buffy boy. And he's trying to make... Um, he that he was commissioned to make a a a, mo- a movie based on the Sinister Six to be a spin-off movie. There was going to be a Venom spin-off to this as well. They were just trying to really retroactively make this into a huge a franchise launcher. A franchise launcher. Yeah, they were clearly setting up a bunch of movies in this one, but at the detriment of this movie. Of this very movie, and this movie just it is too full of lead. It I sinks. hated it. It's so sinks. much. I, I was really. I for, you forget that Electro is in this movie. It's yeah. called The Rise of Electro. He dies about an hour and a half into it. Yeah. And then there's still 45 minutes left. And millions of villains. And yeah. It's, it is insane. I mean, like we said, Felicia Hardy is in this. Yeah, with freaking... she's in this shit. I, there's all that spy stuff. I really, truly detested it. I started skipping mm. ahead to get through stuff. I couldn't even really finish it. I, I think this time watching both these movies, I didn't hate them. First time I saw them, I truly abhorred them. They offended me. But mm. now I think the same way I kind of feel about the movies like The Hobbit, where now that I kind of know what I was going to taste with these, mm. I, I'm like, I can enjoy it for what it is and just be like, this is nuts. Like, this is a nuts movie, what they're trying to throw at the uh, wall man, here. You know what? It, it's like the Schumacher elements of it, the uh, all the electro stuff, and then the beginning and ending with... Paul Giamatti yep. as the rhino. I enjoyed all that campy stuff way more than the yes. actual story. If oh, they cut out know. all the dark stuff and all this insanity with um, Harry, who I fucking hated, I would have maybe liked this movie more if it was just a fun action movie. There's just too many movies here. I think that is the problem. There's far too many movies here. And how do we know so much about this? This comes at a very significant time in Sony's lifetime. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn a lot about these movies and kind of how they got cancelled and stuff was uh, because these are some of the biggest victims of the infamous Sony hacks. There was a film called The Interview mm-hmm. starring Seth Rogen and the original Harry Osborn himself, James Franco. Yeah. Um, where, I mean, it's kind of a forgotten movie now. I rewatched it comedy. It's pretty funny. I like that movie quite a bit, but yeah. it was very controversial. And I think it will, it, 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 this movie should have a place in the history books, the interviews. Yeah. Because yeah. It's it a, led to a seismic change in Hollywood. It led to a seismic change in Hollywood and, and geopolitics. Yeah. It was a movie that, um, showed two comedians, played by the two funniest comedians in the world, Pineapple <laughs> Express themselves, trying to take down Kim Jong. Un. Yes. I couldn't remember which one it was. I could, <laughs> it was so far back in time. And, it, you know, it's a comedy film. It was it was it had a lot of press to it. Then there were cyber hacking attacks against Sony to prevent this from being released. Yeah. To show to... there It was a hacking group called the GOP. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably not a mistake calling them that. <laughs> but it is alleged, it is truly believed that it was Korea that was hacking Sony. So there were a lot of... Um, a lot of emails were leaked from Amy Pascal, who yeah. was the head of Sony Studios at the time and the caretaker of Spider. Man, and I've got some of the leaked emails here. Um, one of them is Kevin Feige's notes, who is the Marvel caretaker, mm. um, who has not a dog in this race at this point. He so has at no... this point, uh, Marvel had not got Spider Man back. I, I was curious about this. He must have been invited to a press screening or something. Or I think of even earlier than that, just an early screening, test screening of and, some kind. And someone said, "Hey, if you have any notes, let us know." Or did he just offer up these notes just because he well, liked he the character? Well, he sent them in. He cares about... Uh, Spider-Man's the character he cares about the and he most, wanted you know? to. He just didn't want to see it get fucked up. 
Yeah. And so he gave them heaps of notes, yeah? Yes. Um, I'll read you some of them quickly. Yeah, do it. There are too many storylines. We need to choose which ones we're focusing on. I lift out the other ones, i.e. we could use Father Ark to just Roosevelt. Because that's like, Spider-Man finds like a freaking train carriage with his dad's stuff in it. Could cut out plane crash and Richard destroying spiders and start on the armored car. Don't start with, don't start with Spider-Man. Let the danger stakes to New York City build first and then have Spider-Man enter the scene heroically. Makes sense. Turn down short Paul Giamatti performance so he seems a bit more menacing and less cartoonish. <laughs> if you cut Richard from the opening of the plane crash, maybe you instead do a Harry coming home and seeing Norman at the top of the movie as a cold open. Makes mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, introduce that character instead of an hour into the film. Yep. Really love Electro. I agree with you, Kevin. Feels like you may not need the scene in his apartment, which makes him seem completely crazy and hard uh, to relate yeah. to. So that's the scene where he's like got Spider-Man all over his apartment, yeah, cut out, fanboy. and he's got a web of, like a serial killer web on yeah. the wall of like strings connecting them. And he's mumbling to himself. Mumbling. He's, he's acting as birthday. if he's talking you, to Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah. that is crazy. Yeah, that's that's fucking Jim Carrey's a Riddler. If we cut that, he's a more likable character, and it's sad to watch him become. Like the idea bad. that eel goes in his mouth instead of borrowing, you see it glow within him. Need to set up power plant earlier visually. That doesn't happen at all. Seems like the movie switches POVs a lot. Why are we in Max's POV during the car chase? We're looking at this playing out Spidey's POV. There could be a better way to reveal that Peter is missing graduation. Maybe when you cut to Gwen, you cut to the wide shot. Tiny knot. Don't think w- I don't think Peter would lie to Gwen about sirens. Maybe he just downplays them. Stan Lee cameo maybe need a little more emphasis on Peter here trying to get out of his costume and not be in scene. Set up a little more the pressure of the principal getting closer and closer to calling his name instead of getting it's 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 quite long and they they are good. He really gave them you don't, a he, lot. He didn't gave he? them a lot. Don't show New Yorkers looting is the final one, which you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, true. There true. is a lot. There's so much about how these much of it did they take movies. on board, or none of it? I don't know. It's it's evident that some of them was not taken on board yeah, as well because it sounds like he is describing the current movie. But then there are a few things. There's no way to really know. But it it does it does feel like it. There's another one that I have, Cameron. That is. Um, this one is wild. This is a wild... I'm actually going to read you verbatim an email that was leaked. Um, this one you can find yourself on popbuzz.com. Um, Spidey Thought. Uh, Spidey Thought. Hey, Amy, just a couple of rando thoughts from 35,000 feet LAX to JFK. A rising trend we see with millennials are the really extreme forms of experimental exercise like Tough Mudder, a sort of filthy triathlon, the color run, and even things like hot power yoga, veganism, etc. Millennials will often post NBD on their social media after doing it, as in no big deal. <laughs> also known as the humble brag. Wonder if Spidey could get into that in some way. He's super athletic, bendy, strong, intense, and it's all no big deal to him. Of course, he wrote NBD. Oh my God. Point two. Here we go. EDM, electronic dance music, is the defining music for millennials. Wondering if there's an EDM angle, an EDM angle somewhere with Spidey. Oh, His movements fuck. are beautiful. Would be awesome with a killer DJ behind oh it. Oh my God. Point three. Who wrote this? Who's this from? Nick Shaw. Oh, Don't just know who some fucking suit at Some Sony. suit. Oh my Snapchat God. just launched a story functionality, Fuck. which is sort of day in the life of me. Could a uh, day in the life of me told in a series of Snapchats that expire for after 24 hours. It's a very VIP quality about it since invitation only getting invited into Spidey Snapchat circle would be huge and very buzzworthy and cool. And cool. <laughs> 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 oh, Yikes, that is dude. so humiliating. That's someone who Googled 
um, millennial, millennial culture and then looked at the first three things. Yeah. Oh, that's humiliating. Oh God, it's it's all bad. It is all it's all bad. There's some more stuff about like people that they wanted to get. Uh, oh, to I remember play the Dreamcast for Cinema Six. This was a big Six. thing. Remember, remember the big bit of news was that um, Channing Tatum had emailed Amy Pascal out of the blue, and with an idea for a Venom movie. Oh gosh! And he was like, "Hey, I want to play Venom. I've got an idea for a movie. It's me as Venom. Um, that I can't pitch to you over email. I would love to meet him personally yeah. and talk about it. And you know, I actually love Channing Tatum. I think he's incredible. He's so funny. Great actor. Incredibly. Talented, yeah, um, and a writer as well. Maybe he would have had a cool idea for Venom, um, but yeah. Then I remember that there was all these other lists of um, mm. of villains that they wanted to cast. Will Smith was one of them, right? Yeah, I'll read you some of them yeah. because it's they're all insane, and I think. It makes me a bit dubious that I've got wrong lists because they are insane. Mm. And I remember them being insane. But I think all these years later, it's hard to track down the truth anymore because yeah, it was so yeah, yeah. written about. And they were trying to put the kibosh on it being written anywhere. So mm. a lot of the sources now are like shitty sources like Dorkley and Popbuzz and stuff where right. they're not like The Guardian didn't want to write about them. Mm. For Dr. Octopus, they wanted Sean Penn. I remember hearing mm, that. I remember hearing that. Denzel too. Washington, George Clooney, Daniel Craig, Colin Firth, or as Vulture, Matthew McConaughey, except he doesn't seem smart enough. Channing Tatum, I guess they forgot he was in line for Venom. Uh, Will Smith, uh, Ryan Gosling, he might be physically too slight, was the note, and Matt Damon. Sandman, Channing Tatum, Woody Harrelson, Tom Hardy, Jared Leto, and also Amy Pascal in one of the emails that I read. I can't I can't verify this. Also suggested Jared Leto could also play Felicia Hardy as Black Cat. Huh? I don't understand that because they've already got a Black Cat. They've already got Felicity. So what, they gender swapped the character? I don't know. I don't know. Or they Is play it, because, it as a trans character because he's won Dallas the Oscar. Club? I don't... I honestly, I don't Imagine know... Imagine that fucking email getting sent out. I, hey, anyone catch Dallas Buyers Club? I love Jared Leto playing a trans woman in that. Let's let's get Jared to do that again yeah. for another movie, but for, this time not an Oscar worthy. Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Jonah Hill, Sandman, Sasha Baron Cohen, Javier Bardem, Shelto Copley, <laughs> Joel Edgerton, Jason Clark, Chris O'Dowd, Michael Pena, Seth Rogen, Danny McBride. Actors they wanted, but they don't Fuck. care what role. Demian Bashir. Idris Elba, but only with his British accent. Francis McDormand, <laughs> Jackie Chan, Brian Cranston, Ruth Wilson, and Rose Byrne. That's an insane list. It's My an God. insane list. There's so the emails are hard to believe anymore. They just and I think the Spider-Man ones are the ones that were punishing to them. They were well because it was just humiliating. It was. I remember at the time it was um, a whole bunch of people with no idea what to do with this franchise. They're pitching these random fucking names, pitching storylines, pitching yeah. spin-off movies. For Sinister Six and Venom, yep. they clearly had no idea what to do with it, but they just desperately wanted it to be. They've hit. got this character and his rogues gallery. That's yeah. the franchise they have, and they're seeing this world change in front of them. Mm. What fran- the definition of what a franchise is? <laughs> a franchise is not just a series, a web series of films, if you will. <laughs> it's not just that anymore. It's it's something grander. It's a universe that they have to build. And what are the two franchises Sony has? They've got Spider Man and James Bond. 
and mm. you can't Didn't necessarily they have 22 jump, jump street as well they do have 22 they have jump, the jump street they have men in black so they're <laughs> yeah. trying to cross those over as well yeah that and, was oh, happening around that time wasn't it that Channing was what also was pitched a jump street yeah in black. that was another thing that was leaked out <laughs> in these emails where that was the one thing where i was like make that make that yeah yeah and it just it just shows that they didn't know what to do and it just kind of forced their hand to once to kind of halfway return Spider-Man to Sony uh, to halfway return Spider-Man to Marvel yeah. and bring Kevin Feige back on as the caretaker of the character where they make pretty much almost all the money from the Spider-Man movie set in the Marvel universe but Marvel creatively does everything mm. they get the, sh- the large share of the profits so are you telling me and our listeners right now that if Seth Rogen and James Franco hadn't made their movie about Kim Jong-un that we would not have Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man would not be in the Avengers. I, th- I think it was irreparable damage that this had done to their golden franchise. Wow. I think that I really think that's what it is. And I think that's why the interview should always be held up as like one of the most important films in the history of cinema. It, it is, uh, there's, there's no other film that has a reputation like that. Well, I guess that's going to lead us perfectly to the next episode. Yeah, next episode we will be talking about Spider-Man as played by Tom Holland in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We're going to focus on Spider-Man Homecoming. We'll talk about the new one that's coming out, Mm -hmm. uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, uh, which looks the trailers look so exciting. We're finally seeing Jake Gyllenhaal as Mysterio, who was one of the villains that was rumoured for for Spider-Man 4, 5, and 6 back in the day. So it's exciting. And... Jake Gyllenhaal almost was himself Spider-Man. You know what I realized I should have said in our Raimi episode Mm -hmm. when we were talking about who else could have played Spider-Man? Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. He would have been a perfect Peter Parker. God, who else would have been great? One of my favorite actors from that era, Vinnie Chase. Honestly, he didn't get the career. Well, he was doing Queens Boulevard. Queens Boulevard, but that leads perfectly into a Spider-Man. I suppose they are pretty related, but then I guess he went straight from that to playing Aquaman. He was Aquaman. Yeah, he got the huge jump up. He got the huge jump up, and and I guess he got to work with Scorsese on Gatsby. So (laughs) that's that's awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and he's a director now. I think. Oh God, he's great. Yeah, he's He's moved behind the camera. He's great. I I love Vinny Chase and what a storied career he's had. Mm. Can't wait to cover his Gatsby movie when we we finally do the Great Gatsby (laughs) franchise. Cameron's always a pleasure to dive into reboots, remakes, and ripoffs with you. On 22nd of March, we've got a very special event. If you're fans of Finding Drago and us, we are the hosts of that podcast as well. Check it out. Oh, it's a, it's gone bloody phenomenal viral global. Mm, it's Just, all over the web. It's a Yes, Mark Webb himself has had his fingers in this <laughs> and too many of this. Uh, but it's an investigative podcast we did for the ABC. But we're doing a live event slightly based on that. Uh, we are talking over. We're doing a live commentary of Rocky Four at the Golden Age Cinema. Tickets are on sale now. They're in the show notes. Buy them immediately. I reckon they're going to sell out. It's a very small venue. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at This Is Lexi. You can find Cameron on Twitter at I Am Cameron James. We're also on Instagram at those same platforms. Hey, first of all, thank you to everyone from Adelaide who came out to see my shows a few weeks ago. That was so fun to meet you all. You guys were cool. If you were in Brisbane and Melbourne and you want to see me live you can get tickets online i think there's a thing called google.com and you can google my name and those cities and you will see me there um brisbane's coming up really soon i think next week so it would be really cool to see you guys there for my new show until next time webheads stay slinging bitches